1: Good morning, this is Ursula Odom, and I am your host for Navwick talks and Welcome back. We have a great show today, and to kick it off, our chairperson of the Navwick Talks Committee is Ms Jada Williams, and she's going to introduce the show to you this morning. Good morning, Jada. Well if you're speaking, Jada, you're on mute.
2: Good morning. Sorry, Ursula. Good morning. Yes, I'm Jada Williams, your trusted advisor, owner of KISS LS, Inc., providing health care insurance and financial services um, since 2013, covering over 2,300 clients. On this Napwick Talks Wednesday, our special guest, two lovely women, um, Ms. Danielle St. Louis and Ms. Kalina Shirley. So, Ms. Danielle St. Luce is BBIF Florida's Regional Director for the South Florida Market. As head of South Florida office, she works with small businesses to provide loan capital and business development training. Danielle knows that business owners not only need passion for what they do, but they also need support to expand their capacity, network, and access capital, all keys to building a strong business. Danielle holds a bachelor's in industrial and labor relations from Cornell University. Our second special guest this morning is Ms. Kalina Shirley joining us. She is um, BBIF Florida's regional director for the North Florida Market. She has years of experience working with local governments, providing guidance in the areas of specialized affordable housing program initiatives, residential construction project management and housing development funding she has served as the housing property administrator and prior to that as operations manager for the city of jacksonville's housing and community development division shirley also worked as a planner for the city of winter park and was principal of catalyst planning and development llc she graduated cum laude from Rollins College with a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Studies and Civic Urbanism. Thank you, Ms. Kalina and Ms. Danielle, for joining us this morning.
1: And thank you, Jada. And again, I'm Ursula Odom, and I'm the founder of Sula2, and we make old, new, and everything we do. In that, we capture and preserve legacy information in any form possible. And that's why I like what I do on Wednesday mornings, because I bring to you, as a part of NABWIC, NABWIC Talks, and we speak to people like you that have just been introduced to you today. And just hold on to your seats because you know you're going to find out at least one thing that you don't know today. So listen in. You might just find out a little bit more. So to get us started, uh, Ms. Shirley, would you introduce or give us some more of your background from a personal point of view? I mean, how did you get to where you are and why do you love what you do?
3: Oh,
4: I thank you. Um, well, that's a, a, a interesting story that we probably don't have enough time to go through my, my whole story, but uh, I was very fortunate to have benefited from uh, being a, a young overworker, uh, overachiever, uh, when I was uh, working with the city of uh, Winter Park, I actually knew nothing about planning. Uh, I had never been exposed to a urban planner or planning department um, when I was younger, and so uh, me uh, getting a job at the city of Winter Park uh, allowed in the planning department allowed me to. I uh, really uh, learned firsthand the profession, and I was able to benefit from um, some really great mentors that uh, really encouraged me to uh, finish school, um, of which I, I ended up, um, you know, finishing at Rollins College, and um, really take on the urban planning uh, field. Um, I love being a planner uh, because it's the perfect tied to be that conduit between local government um, and the community, understanding um, developments and changes uh, that are happening. Um, it's very hard sometimes to understand what's going on from a government perspective, and so the planning profession has really allowed me to uh, be that conduit between both. Um, and since coming on uh, with BBIF uh, late last year, I've really been able to use those community engagement um, lessons I've learned and skills that I've had to be able to bring economic development and economic enhancement for small businesses into that picture as well. So my background has been a perfect tie-in uh, tie to me uh, doing the current uh, work that we're doing with uh, BBIF and supporting small businesses.
1: Great. And good morning, Ms. St. Luke. Would you introduce yourself and your story? Of course. Thank you.
3: So I'm actually a South Florida native, and after I came back from Cornell in nonprofits, um, in the arts, in education, basically any nonprofit outside of what we do at BIS, this is nonprofit finance. And um, another alum of mine who was working with BIS at the time introduced me to the company. And it's interesting because when you think of nonprofits. We're always, and I say we very loosely, looking for money. Um, so it's very strange to work for a company that specializes in giving money to for profits and we think to have it all together. Um, so I've been with UBIS for about two years now almost, and it's been a fantastic journey just to get here, from when I thought I was going to go into consulting to where I am now, which is essentially consulting, but much more involved with our businesses. And it's definitely been um, a great turn of events is what I'll say. (laughs) I enjoy it a lot. Great. Um,
1: Now, you just piqued my interest in in the statement that you made, and um, I'm not sure I... Well, I'll just ask. When you said we're always looking for money, I know you were talking about nonprofits, but it made me wonder, BBIF, where does your money come from? Where I mean, are you looking for money in that organization as well? And either one of you can answer the questions as we go along. Okay. Um, well, that's a
3: great question, actually. So BBIF, our model is similar to other CFIs in that we have a revolving loan funds. And as a CDFI, we are actually approved by the Treasury and measured and checked up on by the Treasury, um, basically quarterly and yearly. We provide reports to them about um, the progress of our loan pools. So most of our loan pools, are they've, been, they've grown from the Revolving Loan Fund. When we charge you an interest on our loans, that money and the money that you pay back in your installments, they go right back into those loan funds. So we were founded as a BBIC, a Black Business Investment Corporation, by the state of Florida in the late 1980s. They gave us an initial cash influx. I think it was $250,000, and that's how we started our pool. Um, so one of the ways is that it's just grown over time in the past 30-odd years. Another way is EQ2, so those are very low-interest loans that most CDFIs use to also grow their funds. And by low interest, I mean 1% to 2%. So we pay back the bigger banks who give that money to us. Um, And we've also gotten grants from big banks who want us to start a specific loan fund, and that's something we don't have to pay back, and we just work on growing those funds.
1: Wonderful. Okay, Um. so oh, did, did someone else have an uh, answer to that as well?
4: Yes, this is Kalina. I okay. just wanted to kind of just back up and bring some of your uh, listener and uh, audience into maybe some acronyms that were used that they may not be familiar with just to give you a better kind of overview of who we are um, as BBIF. So, um Danielle used the term CDFI that some of your listeners may not um, know what that is. And so that stands for a community development financial institution. Uh, and as she was saying, we are uh, established in, um, under the auspice of the U.S. Treasury. And being a community development financial institution allows us to have a, a hyper-specific um, targeting of who we are looking to impact and affect in um, our daily line of work. Uh, we are a 501c4 organization um, that allows us to raise capital. Um, during, by the means that Deanna was uh, giving examples of, uh, we also go out of after a lot of large grant funding from uh, larger uh, banks that have uh, responsibilities to uh, flow their funds down to the community level um, by way of their uh, need to have CRA credits, and so. Uh, we uh, just want. I just wanted to express that we are a CDFI, which is a type of non-traditional lending institution, and uh, our target market and focus uh, is uh, Black businesses, uh, minority businesses, uh, women-owned businesses, and those businesses that are in underserved communities. And so, I just wanted to kind of uh, bring a little highlight on kind of who we are as an institution and, and what we do.
1: Well, thank you for that because it it reminds me of when I was in um, computer programming and the first time I had to speak to an audience uh, and I started using acronyms, I remember the feeling of standing before this group and saying CBSS, CBS, and RDM, and and the only one that made any sense was Employee System. And I went, oh, my God, what do these acronyms mean? (laughs) And so we get so used to that because they, they take on a life of their own. So thank you because um I understand how that works. Now um there's probably a question out there about the money that's been um offered from from because of COVID nineteen. And people are wondering is there any left? So yes, I'll I'll take that as a pitch and then I'll pitch it back
4: to my um, my my co-director Danielle. So uh, BBIF is a SBA affiliate. Uh, That allows us the ability to be a lender for the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, which is the program that uh, most folks uh, have heard the most about and that uh, was funded for the second round of funding through the uh, CARES Act coming down from Congress. Uh, We are still accepting applications. Um, Folks can get to uh, that information by going to our website, which is uh, www.bbifflorida.com and we have a link at the bottom of the page that allows you to uh, click to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program and so we will continue to save applications until uh, that funding runs out. Uh, we are really in a special uh, era right now in that these funds have lost, lasted uh, much longer than the first round of funds did. Uh, the first round of funds was going to in about uh, four to five days. Uh, we are now into uh, uh, halfway through our second week of uh, being able to provide uh, access to this program. Um, and so we're expressing and asking um, anyone who has not um, already applied for this program to please do. Uh, it is, is there for a resource to you. Uh, we are definitely accepting our applications uh, and will until the funds run out.
1: Okay. So my question, based on um, the employee part of the the name, and the requirement that you have at least two employees, now is that strictly employees or hiring contractors? Does that does that count? Um, so the, this, this one, yeah, do Go ahead yeah. Okay.
3: So um, with the Paycheck Protection Program. I'm not sure where you saw the need for see employees, but we have been helping contractors, nine people who they're the only ones that work for their firm. Um, I know a lot of bigger banks have different requirements that are maybe a little bit higher than the threshold that P3 actually states and mandates for this is payroll protection for everyone who takes home a check from their job.
1: Okay. Yes. And I, I to realize. Sure in, in yeah. All right. And I was just. I want to clarify sure something. Like okay. This is. I'm. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna clarify something, and then I'd like you to go ahead and continue answering. Um, when I say contractor, I realize when I'm talking about or um, on the show about black women in construction, and you're talking about contract work. I'm not talking about that kind of contract. I'm talking about the um uh freelancer, the, the person that doesn't is not on payroll but by a ten ninety nine. So, um if that clarifies my question any, still may have answered it appropriately, but I want to be sure that I was understood. Yes, yes that's exactly yes. what i was saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, that's what okay. I was wanting to, to clarify. The Paycheck Protection Program um, is set up to be able to provide uh, funding for sole proprietors, for um, single-member LLCs, as well as 1099 uh, folks that are on a 1099. Um, um, and so this program is as long as you can show that even yourself that uh, you had that you have, that you have uh, payroll as a sole proprietor. So that's Uh, having such things as a uh, 1040 with a Schedule C where you're showing your earnings. Um, That's the type of requirements that uh, this program has to be able to allow those uh, sole proprietor, independent contractor type of folks to be able to access this program. So this program does not um, restrict you Um, If you are, you know, a gig worker, a 1099 worker, a sole proprietor, or single member LLC, you still have the ability to be eligible for this program. Uh, We've listed some of that information on our site uh, so you can get some more uh, details of that, but um, as Danielle was saying, the program itself allows for um, the whole myriad of small business uh, folks to be able to participate Uh, What you're probably hearing or have heard have been individual lender requirements that may have upped the bar beyond what the uh, SBA's uh, base guidelines are. And so each lender had the ability to kind of uh, launch their program uh, along the guidelines that they felt were necessary for their institution. At BBIF, we are using the guidelines as set out by SBA so we are open to the full gamut of small
1: businesses. That clarifies it. Thank you very much. So, what makes you unique of the um, people that are providing services during this time frame for for small businesses? I know you said that you are uh, non traditional. Is that in in how you lend or what you lend or who to? I, when you say um, minority, that says who. But is there something else that makes you absolutely unique? Um, well,
3: I can take this. So. BBIS, we're unique because of how we approach our lending. So not only is our interest rate lower than a bank, we usually start at 12, our, the, the way you get into our loan program and acceptance is, as a client is also different from a bank. So we don't look at credit as one of the main things when it comes to eligibility. We look at the business owner, what they're doing in the community. And credit is a part of the story, but it's not the only thing. And as a client, either a lending client or a business advisory client, we actually work with the business owners to become better at running their business. And that's something most big banks don't do, which is what makes us very um, non-traditional. And even though our name is Black and even though we specialize in minorities, we don't limit ourselves to minorities. We actually lend to anyone and everyone. Kalina, do you have okay. anything
4: to add? Ge- I sorry. think you nailed it on the head. No, I think she okay. gave a perfect so, uh,
1: answer. Given that you are broader than minorities, I, I do want to know um, what's happening with the minority businesses, though. What trends are you seeing? So
4: I'll take that one. Um, What I am seeing is that minority businesses, especially women-owned minority businesses, um, mentally have been pushing through this COVID-19 experience uh, in tremendous ways that's going to allow them to continue to prosper Uh, after we get back to a new norm, and that's been by way of finding those little uh, one-off lanes from what maybe their primary businesses have been to be able to find ways to stay viable. have uh, clients who have been in the construction realm that have now uh, opened up arms to become, uh, to get into the supply chain uh, channels and, um, you know, those just little one-off industry things that maybe they never would have thought about being in that space. Um, they're now looking for those opportunities that have have kind of grown and expanded beyond their traditional lane to find those supportive type of uh, uh, businesses that um, they can still uh be viable and, and push through and, and find some ways to bring in revenue. Um, I also think that there is a lot of um, community uh, connections happening uh, right now. I'm seeing a lot of our small businesses uh, really be vocal and, and open up and reach out to each other on social media. Um, and by other means of uh, smaller groups and things. that There's a lot of smaller support groups that have uh, showed up, specialized, whether it be construction or uh, supply diversity uh, or supply chain and demand. Uh, Those groups are there, and uh, that's been very, very positive to see. I also think that a lot of small businesses are taking advantage of uh, some of this slower downtime to really up their skill sets, uh, whether it be going back and looking at certifications, maybe that they should have applied for in the past, and then have time to getting those WBE, um, you know, criteria together and being able to make those applications to get that type of certification, um, as well as just um, additional knowledge and technical cert- uh, certifications as well. And so, uh, I think those are the ways that our minority businesses are really being resilient through this time.
3: Uh, Do you have anything to add, Danielle? No, I think that was perfect, and I agree. Pivoting um, the business model and acquiring additional knowledge during this time when things are probably a lot slower than normal is the best way to prepare
1: for post-COVID world. And. I, I totally agree with what, what you've said, and in fact, I was just thinking that um, one of the things that happened on social media that was totally different was that all of a sudden DJs popped up, and they started having um, parties on, on Facebook, and that was really rather nice. I mean, I could clean the house dancing around to them, <laughs> so they reinvented <laughs> themselves. now. <laughs> I shouldn't tell that, but I did. That's exactly what I did. I turned that thing up loud and just had a good time. But um, so, in terms of things like that, have you seen where new things have popped up? Like, like maybe um, in this incubation time that we've had, people are coming out with something that they that's, that's totally different, taking advantage of the situation. I know there's. Um, people that are gouging are trying to with with mask and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that, but um other ways. Do you see where people are, are expanding on into different areas, period. Um, oh yes, that's well, that a... <laughs> go ahead,
3: Danielle. Selena,
1: go ahead. Oh, okay, thank you.
3: Um I will say that every business owner is different. But I have been seeing some interesting things happen on Instagram. Uh, for instance, I would, I've seen florists posting their workshops on Instagram and either overnight shipping or hand-delivering flowers on the doorsteps of customers. Um, I, I've seen people offer consulting via FaceTime and advertising on social media, dermatologists, business consultants overall. I think what I've seen is people taking a lot more advantage of social media and the Internet to deliver their services.
1: And I have to admit, I I fall into that category. Uh, Tonight I'm having a virtual book signing. (laughs) Uh, and I'm a publisher, so several of my authors are going to be joining me and That is so out of my comfort zone, but it's required for the times. You can't have a book signing in person, not really not to be effective, but when you think about being um available to the to the internet at, at large live, that's pretty cool I mean, given that it works so um, I, yeah um yeah. So, what about restaurants and construction companies and barbershops and they're opening right now? I'm a little f- afraid of this, to be honest. What are your thoughts?
0: So I'm definitely uh,
4: um, I I am um understanding folks uh need and desire to, to get back to to rush back to a norm. Uh but I think that with all things we have to move in caution um and making sure that first we're uh putting our personal safety and our family safety first, uh still not really having a true grip on uh what's going on with this COVID nineteen stuff and, and not really truly knowing uh, how long we're gonna be in this era, there's a a feel or a push a demand to kind of get back uh operating for financial gains. But um I think that in all folks who have the green light to kind of start reopening in construction has has kind of been one of those areas where people really haven't um, you know, they slowed down but I don't think that industry came to a complete halt or stop us. And so I think things like uh being being able to wear protective uh a mask and take those type of measures are going to be increasingly important as well as continue to you know use hand sanitizing and washing and things like that as well as the social distancing and i think that any way that you can uh maneuver in your lane of business in the safest way possible uh with extreme caution is going to be uh needed and and, and just there's going to be some industries that that's just not um doable and so um I think for all folks, they're trying to really kind of consider right now, what are those measures? And so um, that's that's really what a lot of the questions that, you know, things that we're getting and seeing is, you know, what kind of what are those health safety measures? Um, and a lot of that is being put out right now by the CDC. So I encourage people to kind of uh, follow their guidance on those things. Um, and just to use your um your good senses and, and, and know that you've got to protect yourself first um, before all things.
3: Um, I would actually like to echo what Kalina just stated, and I've been reading and hearing different either facts, figures, I'm not sure if it's true or not, about COVID-19, especially the fact that it lasts in the air and one thing i've been seeing in other states that have opened up is that people have begun neglecting the guidelines that the cdc has put out and i think it's important to really not only maintain those guidelines but enforce them in the spaces of system. so if you have a shop that someone walks into they should be wearing a mask and if you have the ability to offer a mask that should be done but um not only yourself as a business owner, but any employees or contractors that you may also have working for you. Um any I think I've seen that almost everywhere where they've opened up cases have spikes in less than a week. And that's what we really want to avoid. Another spike or uh the curve getting too high because then we'll have to shut down again.
1: Well I I'm not to
0: encourage
1: when I see um, people storming a store and people not wearing their masks and it's I'm just waiting to see because I'm not so comfortable with this right now but we know what we're supposed to do so we just have to keep saying that I guess now we do have a question um, from someone and I want to encourage people that are listening that if you'd like to join the conversation, simply press 1 on your telephone dial and I will see a question mark and I'll know to open your line so that you can ask your question because, I mean, you're a part of this. You're either a business or a consumer and either way, this information should be of value to you because I'm sure if it doesn't affect you, it may affect someone that you know, that you care about. Okay, we have a question from Jada. Jada, you have a question?
2: Hi Colina. Um, oh, just,
1: okay. oh. uh, just following
2: the interview and just um, following the interview and you know the the extraordinary introduction um, from the beginning of the show, and I would encourage anyone that just joined into the show to go back and listen to the beginning. You can always go to to the link. And um, start wherever you want. If you missed information, need more information, or heard a powerful piece by our two special guests today, you can always catch that by going back to the link. But okay, going back to Miss Kalina, Kalina, from reading your bio, your mini bio, um, you've had a lot of different roles and such a an important roles at that for the community. Um it's two parts. What in your role, what have been um what has been one of your biggest accomplishments um, with working with local local governments and small businesses? And then the second, I would yes. like for you to express or share what is your goal for the small business owners, the entrepreneurs, the barbershops that Ursula mentioned, um as we're coming out of COVID-19? What is your goal for um, BBIF and that relationship with the community? Sure, businesses? thank you.
4: Uh, two great questions. Thank you. Um, so I think um, my, my greatest accomplishments have been um, in being able to be a true conduit uh, between local government and community folks as well as small businesses that's looking to engage with uh, local governments in, in both of the uh, municipalities that I've worked in. Um, one of the things that I, I try to make sure I always bring to uh, the conversations as I'm speaking with small businesses as, as a part of BBIF now is the understanding of how a local government um, Purchasing departments and opportunities work to become vendors for local governments. There's a lot of ways to really build um, your your resume, uh, really be able to get some, some good jobs uh, for those smaller jobs, um, be able to get on uh, some projects that are really manageable by working through uh, the local governments. And in order to do that, you have to first be on their, their vendor list uh, to be able to get the RFP or the request for proposal. Um, information when opportunities come up, and so I, I want to make sure I constantly uh, use myself to, to interface people with local government because it can be intimidating, and so uh, that has been my greatest accomplishment is being able to tie people into local government resources to be able to expand their pool of work uh, and access to uh, jobs Um that is also something I've been able to expand uh, on a greater level working with BVIF and tying folks into uh, SBA and their subcontractor portal as well as federal and state opportunities. Um, and so that that is, uh, for me, career-wise, been my greatest accomplishment is being able to constantly be a conduit for people to get to and access uh, information opportunities. Um, and so the the second question... Uh, what do I want to really see uh, us do with small businesses with BBIF is be that true uh, resource hub, that true source of um, connectivity to small businesses, um, especially minority small businesses and women-owned small businesses. We have such a um, a charge within us to jump out there and take it on and get into um, um, the business realm and uh, we don't always know the best ways to do things we just kind of jump first and figure it out along the way and i would like folks to know that that does not have to be the way that we engage uh you do have a resource in bbif we have a whole team of specialists that are willing to help you get the information to understand these opportunities to grow into these opportunities and have the support by means of access to capital To be able to gear up for these opportunities. And so um, that's what I would truly want people to understand and know is that BBIF is more than just a lender. We're a small business resource. Uh, We have access to information and those things that we don't have directly. We have a chain of uh, coworkers and resources by way of our community partnerships that may have that information that we bring to the table uh, when you engage us. And so uh, being that true small business hub resource uh, component is what I really would like to uh, see us be in our communities and throughout the state of Florida. Um, and for small businesses particularly, I would like to see them have the opportunity to really uh, take the, this chance, this this time rather, to be able to grow their presence in their realm. So if you're a small construction company upping things like your marketing, upping things like your website presence and being able to really speak to your capabilities so people know who you are, um, being willing to engage the Haskell's and Turner's construction companies of the world and look at their opportunities, um, feel like you have confidence to be able to look at some of these opportunities um, because you're not going it alone. You have resources to help you kind of navigate through it.
1: Thank you, Jada, for the Thank question you. and the response. Um, we're going to take a, a break right now and have a commercial. But Jada, what, on on the flip side of the commercial, I understand that you have an event coming up that you might want to share with our audience, and then we'll continue with the program.
2: Yes, ma'am.
0: We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash n-a-b-w-i-c. Thank you, and we're back.
1: Welcome back to Network Talk. This is Ursula Odom, and we are talking about business survival with Black Business Investment Fund. And our guest today is Selena Shirley and Danielle St. Luke. At this time, what I'd like uh, Jada Williams, our chairperson of the NABWIC Talks Committee, to share with us an event that's going on. Jada? Yes.
2: So NABWIC, South Florida NABWIC chapter, will be hosting the NABWIC Billion Dollar Disaster Stimulus Opportunities Luncheon on May 13th. The luncheon starts at 12 promptly, so we ask you to come hang out with us starting about 11:30. It will be our first virtual billion-dollar luncheon. So the event you can register on Eventbrite. We like to follow the spirit of the leader, is the spirit of the group, our mastermind um, and founder, Miss Ann McNeil. So this event will be free. It is packed. Full of information, our main guest will be um, the assistant director of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, We will have women in construction spotlights and breakout sessions where you can get useful information, mingle, talk, and business network. On May 13th, head over to Eventbrite and register.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jada. Thank you. So back to our guests, Miss Shirley and Miss Saint Luke. Um, how did you hear about Nabwick and what relevance does NABWIC have in all of this? Ms. Shirley. So I myself uh,
4: was introduced to uh NABWIC by one of your great members, uh Miss Deborah Thompson, who is always uh a, a resource in the Jacksonville uh, community. Um, I was able to, to meet her um, by way of, of working with uh, uh, with BBIF. Uh, we grew to have a great uh, friendship, and she introduced me to NABWIC, of which um, I did sign up, and I am a part of your membership. Uh, BBIF is, is a part of your membership, and we, we uh, really look to take a lot of pride in being active members in the organization. Uh, what we love about your organization is the great sense of connectivity and community amongst women in construction. Um, As I was saying in the beginning, my background is urban planning, um, and that led me down a path to uh, really have a true understanding of what uh, the roles of GCs uh, have in the development realm. Um, I've actually been uh, studying to get my GC license myself, uh, so I really have had uh, a heart and a love for um, construction and, and development. And so uh, we look forward to being a true partners here in both of our communities, uh, whether it be North Florida, Central Florida, South Florida, we're uh, definitely tied into your organization. We would love to be here from an informational support stream, as well as what we do just for small businesses in general, and giving our business advisory services to uh, those folks that would like to engage us through the membership, um, and being able to have um, those links to access to capital for uh, working capital for growing your business, help you navigate those challenges as well.
3: Um, Thank you. So... Sorry about that. So just to piggyback off Karina, I too learned about Navlex through BBIS. Actually, we have um, I think we have a few loan clients who are actually members of Navlex, and I know that in the past year, BBIS has come to really understand how construction is a great way to grow a business and the different avenues that one can take in that field, um, whether you want to be in development, or you want to be in property management, or you want to run a construction firm. And what I've learned in the brief time that I've known about NAVBIT is, similar to what Karina has said before, the community is so important and so vital. And I know that before COVID-19, UGIS was creating a construction assistance program and we really want to push that forward, especially to support our minority contractors and construction
1: firms throughout the state of Florida. Great. So if there are some companies right now, or individuals or groups of individuals that are thinking about starting a business, what advice do you give them in this environment? I'll, I'll jump on that.
4: I I, um, I would really say that utilize this time if you're really looking to get into construction to really uh, understand the line of work that you're going to be in. Uh, there's so many different facets to construction. There's so many different entry points um, that it's it's very easy to jump out and try and to. Uh, do it all. And sometimes you have a lot more uh, success and traction specializing um, and being able to really have a niche in the construction um, realm. If you're already in construction and you're using this time to kind of really see how you can uh, continue to scale, I said take this time to to really look at some of the larger companies. uh, What are their requirements uh, for whether it be uh, insurance or bonding? uh, What type of um, maybe new uh, safety requirements may be coming online, look at those type of things uh, to see if you're going to be able to mine, be able to really look at the vendor opportunities that are out there and see if you're going to have the uh, manpower and resources to go after those type of um, opportunities. Uh, so I would say this time right now is a great time to do that type of assessment to see if this is really uh, the lane and time for you to be uh, making that maneuver into construction as a new business. Um, but just know that there's there's a lot of requirements that you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself first from a business and legal standpoint as well as a safety standpoint. Um, and I would say, like I was saying, make sure you look at the larger prime um, uh, contractors and see what their requirements are, uh, really understand what they're requiring of you as a sub, um, and, and take the time to get that information uh, before you just jump
3: into that space. I would like to echo... Okay. Oh, no, I just want to echo Kalina's statements, Um, especially if you're looking to start a new business, uh, what's most important is gaining the knowledge of the field that you want to go into. So for anyone interested in construction, this webinar that they're hosting, May 13th, is a great way to learn more about the opportunities there and the different firms that exist in the marketplace. And I will also stress being prepared as a business. You must have the back end of your office or whatever setup you have secure, um, which means, you know, QuickBooks or Wave apps, a business bank account, whatever you need to make sure your business is going to run well, Um, because that helps you not only with contracts, but it helps you with finance and getting the
1: financing you need to grow the business. Wonderful, thank you. So with a lot of us being in quarantine or being um, stay at home, we have a chance to read and do things we haven't been able to do in quite some time. I mean, listening to you, I suspect you've not had that luxury, but if you did or if you plan to, (laughs) uh, what kinds of books are you reading? Oh, what are you? What are you looking forward to doing? Doing when all of this comes down? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I can take this. I have
3: a miniature library in my home. Um, so I have not been reading much. to write. right. Um, I found in the past few years that articles, very informative articles, are actually a better source of information than books, just because they have to get the point across clearer and quicker than you need to in a book. Um, I've been following Bloomberg and Vanity Fair. They have a really great reporting division. Um, And that's really how I've been getting my information on what's going on day to day, which I really need for my job. And I do try and get away from it all in the evening. So I may read something in Architectural Digest just to help kind of set the mood for the evening
4: okay, and Selena, oh wow, so uh i am have not had the opportunity to to read casually uh nearly as much as uh, I used to in the past. um I actually considered an african american lit minor when I was in college, so i I, I love reading um african american literature um and so I have just a number of authors that I love to uh to read when i have the opportunity. Um, I really am um, looking forward to seeing uh, in this downtime frame. There's been a lot of great new artists uh, that have come out and uh, are really being touted as uh, some really great talent. So I'm looking forward to picking up some books from some new authors, uh, and uh, as well as uh, some folks that have been um, quiet for a while have put out some new work. So there seems to be a lot of activity in the creative space uh, since uh, this downtime. And so I'm looking to really uh tap into some new artists, uh or excuse me, new authors. Um and uh, I would like would would love to have hear more information about your book signing uh after the show. So uh learn more about your books as well.
1: Oh, wonderful. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> um for my listening audience too. Uh, quickly you can go to Sula2.com, sulatoo.com S U L A T O O dot com. Um, There will be some changes throughout the day, getting ready for tonight, but nevertheless, as it is right now, there's great information out there about some wonderful people that I happen to represent, including myself. So thank you for that, and we're excited about introducing you to them. Okay, so as we close, is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't ask about? or to give your contact information.
4: Sure. So uh, I want to first say thank you for the opportunity uh, to to be able to address you and your audience. Uh, We are looking forward to being uh, active members in your organization, so uh, hopefully this won't be the uh, first or last time that you you hear about BBIF and Kalina Shirley and Danielle St. Luce. Um, I can be contacted uh, by way of the North Florida office at C Shirley, that's C S H I R L E Y at BBIF.com. Uh, and uh, you can always get more information about BBIF at www.BBIFFlorida.com. Danielle?
3: Yeah, and I can be contacted. I'm in the South Florida office, which is Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade County. That's my reason that I'm over, but I am, I mean, now because of COVID, we are helping the entire state regardless of reason. Uh, my email is bstluce at com. You can contact me about anything.
1: Okay, with that, I'd say thank you to both of you and to our listening audience for thank joining you. us and of course our our chairperson as well Ms. jada williams so and um, you've you've heard another wonderful show because we had some great information from some great people, so join us next week for a repeat, but with different audience a different not different audience different guests. <laughs> we want you back. want you to come back. So have a great week and take care.
0: Thank you. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.